WFL TV. I'm Jessica. And I'm Libby. And today we are going to talk about series endings. So a few of the series that we have seen all of and are now over, we're going to talk about just a couple of those that we have very strong feelings about. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Um, and when Jessica says very strong feelings, one in particular that we're going to talk about is strong enough that I feel literal physical pain when I think about it. And I'm I like, wish that, that was an exaggeration. Already almost crying. But before we get into the actual shows, let's just talk a little bit about like, what do you want to see? How do you want to see a series end? So a series that you've invested, let's say four or five seasons or longer in, what do you want out of an ending of that series? Well, me, I guess it would be me. Yes, you, you are the only other human here. <laughs> um, oh, that is correct. Okay, so I am looking for a series that, an ending that puts all of my characters into a final state. So I want to either know exactly where they ended up or I want to be able to visualize where they ended up. I want to, at the end of the series, feel confident that I don't have to have every detail of their life planned out, but feel confident that, okay, this person probably went on to work in their particular career or field of their career, whatever, and probably had some level of success. I am thinking in that case of Gilmore Girls. And I know we're not going to talk about that one today, but at the end of the series, we know that Rory is going to go off, follow Barack Obama's campaign. She said no to Logan's proposal. I imagine now that she's going to be in this independent woman who's going to pursue her dreams. We know, of course, from the revival that that was all smashed to hell. And we can talk about that when we talk about reboots. Yeah, that's another discussion for sure. At the end of series, at the end of season seven of Gilmore Girls, while overall I had some issues with <laughs> more than some issues with the last <laughs> season of Gilmore Girls, I did like that in that instance with that character, I felt confident with where she was going. I did not feel the same with Lorelai, but in that case, with that character, I felt confident. I'd like to have that kind of confidence with all my characters so I know where they're gonna be. What yeah. are you? Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not gonna lie. I am a sucker for a happy ending. Like I want to see my characters now be happy. Mostly because like I have followed them for so many years and have felt their pain and their joy and gone through all these up and downs. So at the very end of it, like I feel like I deserve for them to be happy and they deserve to be happy. I know that's not always true for every show. Obviously there are going to be exceptions where that's just not the story that's being told, but for most shows, what I want is a happy ending and I can't help it. I mean, I completely agree with you in most cases. Now there are some where I want to see that character destroyed because I feel that they deserve it. And 
one particular example that we can talk about at another time, because I don't plan on talking about tonight, is Breaking Bad. As you know, I have strong mm-hmm. feelings about that finale. Um, but overall, in most cases, I agree with you. I want to see them happy. You know, you're right. We invested this time. We got attached to these characters. I don't want to imagine them in a world that is worse off than when I left them. The, or the when I started, I want to see that things have gotten that they that the growth that they have had throughout the series has a payoff. Yeah, I completely agree. I think a couple examples in my case would be one: the show Alias, which ends with Sydney and Vaughn on the beach, and they have their kids, and they are living happily. God damn it, Jessica. (laughs) I know it's a podcast about TV shows and about series endings. And I know- I forgot that that you had not seen the very end. I know that we're going to put in the description spoilers, but I haven't read the description because we haven't written it yet, Jessica. (laughs) Ah, It's all right. It's all right. Now I know I have something to look forward to when I finally finish it. Listen, I'm not going to tell you everything that happens. I will just tell you that Sydney and Vaughn get to live on the beach with their kids and they're happy. That's a lot wonderful. to tell me. Okay, okay. I am going to partially forgive you. And Thank we you. Continue. That's fair. It's not my fault you didn't finish it when you were watching it. No, it's not your fault. I believe that it's my fault. Okay, well, now I'm going to talk about the show Charmed. Do you want me to continue? I've seen the show Charmed. You may go ahead. Okay. At the end of that series, we see like a flash forward into the future where they have kids and grandkids and they're all happy. And they like, after spending so many seasons fighting evil and sacrificing so much to see them, like just be able to live the lives that they want made me feel good. I'm not even going to apologize for it. I like to see a happy ending like those. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. And I think that one of the, um, one tactic that tends to get employed a lot is that flash forward and some shows do it well some do not do it well when they do it well it's a perfect way to end the show to show us you know not just even where are we imagining it where can we see it but here let's show you the the end of the journey that we see and then the end of the total journey And a show that does that really well that I know you haven't seen Jessica Six Feet Under, Mm -hmm. um, which by the way, you should definitely watch it. You would love it. So it's all about a family who owns a funeral home. And um, oh my gosh, it's been forever since I've seen it. But the end shows you not just where they're at and like where they end up in life, but it shows you their actual death, which is really cool given the context of the show and that show you know had a very satisfying ending so do you think that it is possible for a show to give you a happy ending and still leave you unsatisfied which sounds so dirty by the way (laughs) happy ending and unsatisfied just saying um (laughs) yes Yes, I think that that is possible. In fact, I feel like the show that I really want to talk about, and I think you probably are cool talking about, is kind of gives you that, and that is the show Merlin. Oh, God. Okay, we're going to do this. And I knew that this is where we were going, and I love to talk about it, as you know, but I also feel so strongly about it. So I was thinking about this 
this evening as I was driving because I knew that we were going to be talking about it. So, you know, thinking a little bit about it and I was just feel, I started to feel so sad at the, I was just feeling sad. I, you know, and okay. Why don't you briefly just describe the overall ending of the show, maybe very briefly mention the, the plot of the show and why so many people can understand the context of why that ending is so frustrating and upsetting. Sure. So Merlin is one of my favorite shows of all time, even with the ending. I love that show. I've watched the whole series four or five times. I will watch it again. I love it that much, but the whole series is uh, Merlin and Arthur. They're trying to build this kingdom, trying to make things better for people, um, especially for those who practice magic because magic is outlawed. And so we go through their relationship, their kingdom, they're building their kingdom. And then at the very end. Well, wait, before you get to the end, yeah. the whole time people should know this if they haven't seen it. Arthur does not know that Merlin has yes, magic. that's true. Arthur is staunchly against magic due to his father and his father's complicated relationship with it and the prejudice that he has built with it. And throughout the series, we're, we're watching Arthur kind of slowly get to the point where maybe he's able to accept it, but then he does a step back, two steps forward, one step back. And he's kind of got this contentious relationship with it, but overall, he is very much against the idea of magic. And so, you know, people who practice magic are, are killed in this series. It's not even close to wi widely accepted. It's not just illegal, it's illegal upon penalty of death. And Arthur is somebody who has upheld that law. So that's in throughout the series, Merlin has hidden his magical abilities while still using them to protect Arthur, mostly through pushing people with telekinesis, because it seems like the only power he actually has. No but matter what spell he says, it's just somebody getting knocked over. And Arthur continuously throughout the series doesn't know Merlin's secret. And you as a viewer, you're waiting for, Mer for Arthur to find out, not just because you want Arthur to know the truth, but you also want him to know what Merlin has done for him the sacrifices he has made and the the way in which his love has affected the relationship, affected how he uses his magic and affected the fate of Camelot. Okay, continue. Yeah, and I'll just add that even though Arthur does not know that Merlin has magic, their friendship is beautiful. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, their friendship is intense and incredible and just makes the show so worth watching just to see their friendship develop it's incredible and so there's a big battle arthur gets stabbed by a special sword that's forged in the dragon's breath merlin wins the battle for arthur but then arthur is stabbed he finds him turns out arthur is dying they have to get him to the lake of avalon throughout so we get to see a little bit of their journey arthur finally finds out that merlin is a wizard he tells him he's a sorcerer arthur's upset starts to accept it they have some really beautiful powerful moments of mm -hmm. arthur processing the fact that merlin is a sorcerer and what that means but then also just accepting him but then at the very end they don't make it to the lake in time and arthur dies yeah so I know that for me, when I think about that ending, 
I'm really torn because like, I'm not torn. I hated every, I hated it, but <laughs> I, I did, I did. But I, I, I felt like it was such a beautiful end to the show, but it caused me, like it was, it had problems for me. So I, when I think about the moments and the conversations they had and watching Arthur try to understand who Merlin is with this magic and seeing him kind of look at Merlin, know what he is and trying to get him to connect the fact that this Merlin is the same Merlin he's known all along. It sort of, you know, reminds me when a character or a person comes out to somebody and you've got that moment where everything about that person you know, from the other character's point of view, seems different. Who are they? How do I know this person? Completely different person than I've ever met. And then they realize that this is the exact same person they were before this information was revealed because that information was still true at the time. So to watch Arthur go through that and to, to accept something that his whole life he was taught was dangerous and evil. And he's seen examples of it being dangerous and evil. He hasn't seen examples of it working for good because Merlin's hidden that from him. So to see him kind of take a thing that his entire, entire life has been taught one thing, and then he's, what, 19 when he meets Merlin? Yeah, I'm really young. How, how, something like that. So... You know, this this other kid that he met, you know, 18, 19 years old, you know, the, for him to be able to, having spent his entire life with this one belief, to, to change it in a matter of, of hours is beautiful. And the way he talks, and there's one moment in particular where Merlin is building a fire and he's building it, you know, by hand. It's what he does. He's always done that for Arthur. He's done... You know, he's was served as Arthur's um, steward or whatever the term was. I don't remember. Helped get him dressed and all kinds of crap. So he's building this fire for him, and Arthur looks at him and he realizes he could have built this fire using magic. And he says something to him, and it's like at that moment he's realizing all of that work that Merlin did for him by hand, this hard way, was suddenly all the more meaningful because he was hiding his true nature and hiding it for Arthur's sake. And just like this really slow and beautiful realization. So essentially all that beauty and wonderful shit is ruined by the fact that one, Arthur dies and two, that's all we get. So I want you to rant about it because I know you have feelings and I just ranted for a long time. I have so many feelings and I can say that I'm not even necessarily upset that the series ends with Arthur's death like mm -hmm. if that was the plan I could have been okay with that but we were missing so much yes we got one episode of them together where Arthur is coming to accept his friend for who he really is and that's great but I wanted more of that because it barely scratches the surface of the things that Merlin sacrificed and gave up and went through to protect Arthur and the people that he lost along the way that Arthur didn't even know about. I mean, Merlin sat there and watched his dad die in his arms. And Arthur didn't <laughs> even know. And Merlin had to go through that all alone. But when uh, Uther died, Merlin sat outside the throne room and waited all night as Arthur grieved to be there for him. And I want, like, 
I wanted, I know Libby's tearing up. I wanted to see more of that realization of what Merlin had done for him. And then let's see many other things. Also throughout the entire series, Merlin encounters many other people who practice magic. And most of them are very angry and want to destroy Camelot, want to destroy Arthur and Merlin always convinces them don't things are going to get better arthur is going to make them better he is going to let magic run free in camelot he's going to bring that about just have faith in me and have faith in him and people believed him and we never got to see that moment guinevere became queen and i think we are meant to assume that she let magic be free Mm -hmm. but i didn't want to just assume that I wanted it to be Arthur to do it. And I wanted to see it. I wanted to see him proclaim in front of his entire kingdom that magic was no longer banned because of Merlin's sake. And then for Merlin and Arthur to rule their kingdom, at least for some amount of time, side by side. I completely agree. And I mean, I think the fact that Guinevere becomes queen, I I am fine with that. And I'm also fine with Arthur dying. If they would have employed one of those flash forwards. If we could have seen Arthur die, you know, I understand the series ended before they wanted. So if they could have at very least had a flash forward, then I could imagine in between the battle and the flash forward, all of the good that they did because throughout the series, Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be this destiny, the destiny of Arthur bringing about this peaceful Camelot with the help of Merlin. And that didn't actually happen. All that was brought about was Arthur like dying. So I just, he didn't bring it about. He didn't do it. He didn't yeah, get to fill his destiny. So many times in the show, like they said it, Merlin said it so many times. So it felt like that was a thing we were definitely going to be able to see. And then we didn't. So and that was the motivation. Like- That's why he put up with all of Arthur's crap. That's why he put up with, I mean, also he grew to love him and they had the most wonderful relationship as friends and it was absolutely gorgeous, but whatever. But also he put up with a lot of crap from him and yeah, he didn't who he was because he knew what his destiny was. So we not just did we take that from the fans, but we invalidated Merlin's whole destiny and the whole, his whole purpose throughout the series that we've been watching. The purpose that led him to do things like, you know, hide when it hide the fact that his father died in his arms, like all of those things, that pain that we had him go through silently was for nothing because his destiny was not fulfilled. Yeah, I completely agree. And there was this whole prophecy that Mordred was going to be the one to kill Arthur. And like we see Merlin through the entire series struggling with how to stop that and all the things that he does to try to stop it. And then it doesn't, it just happens anyway. Like there was no chance for him to succeed in saving Arthur. And so I, part of me was like, well, why did you even show us this and show it to Merlin so many times over and over and over again, if he was never meant to stop it? Like you just set him up to fail, which isn't fair because I love him so much. I just want him to succeed. Me too me too it was overall just and then they did use this is this is the worst part for because you know there was this idea that arthur will come back in some way gosh yeah and they show a flash forward of merlin in present day and he's still waiting 
for Arthur. So not only are we left with the idea that Arthur died, didn't get to fulfill Merlin's destiny and all of that, but we also know for a fact that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, Merlin has been waiting for his friend to come back and he hasn't come back yet. That's just, ah. it's so lonely. That means Merlin had to watch everyone else he loved and cared about die. Gaius, Guinevere, the rest of the Knights of the Round Table that were still alive at the end. Like he had to watch all those people die and then become alone for hundreds of years. <laughs> like that's While waiting. Cruel. Waiting to fulfill his destiny still. And it's still I, not fulfilled. I would have even liked it better almost if Merlin had been the one to die. Mm-hmm it gives Arthur a chance to correct his kingdom and honor the sacrifice Merlin would have made. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I was thinking about this too. And I think that one of the things that the way this played out reminded me of, and we had talked um, in another episode about slow burns and you can find a link to that in the description, but we had talked about slow burns. And one of the things with a slow burn is you watch this and you wait and you're waiting and you're waiting for this couple to get together. So you can see what happens when they're together. This is the same kind of thing. We're waiting and waiting and waiting for Arthur to find out. So we can see what happens when Arthur finds out. And they robbed us of that. They had this strong buildup where he kept almost finding out and then it didn't happen. It's, it, it, felt the same as if you were to do a slow burn and have them kiss in the last episode of the series yeah what does good does that do us i was thinking the exact same thing or it's like they kiss and then one of them gets by a bus and is now dead <laughs> that's so much better you're right i mean it's worse but like they kiss yay we love each other and i'm dead so that could have been well, great i guess about it is first of all it's not like arthur gets stabbed and then is dead he has like a piece of a shard of the sword inside him and it's taking him days to die Ugh. and so they're going on this very long journey to get to the lake to say can i ask you a question though is there a dragon that could have taken him there <laughs> and then he called for way 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 too late it until the <gasps> last second and then was like oh i know i'll just call my dragon that can apparently move at like ridiculous speeds and then he'll because he can only show up in that one clearing you know that there's only <laughs> one clearing that the dragon no sense that he wouldn't just call the dragon immediately and then just go to the lake yeah it was avoidable merlin you're a smart man but my gosh it was overall incredibly upsetting series end to a show and i was left brokenhearted because I had the, because the beautiful moments between them were so like filled you with such a heartache. And then the fact that he dies just breaks your heart even more. Like the, the beautiful moments are like heartbreaking in a, in a, in a good way, what you want in a show, but then him dying like breaks it in a, sh a shit way. I don't know. It sucks. It was made me sad and mm -hmm. upset and very, very angry. So, so angry. And I read an article at some point where the showrunners were like, yeah, that was the plan. Arthur had to die all along. And I was like, okay, that's fine. If really your plan all along was for Arthur to die, that actually kind of makes sense, but not giving us enough time and not seeing Arthur fulfill the promises that the show had made to us 
is what made it a terrible series ending. I agree. And I think what they could have done, there were extenuating circumstances, which happens in shows where a show's going to be canceled, a show's cancel, being canceled and you have to end it quickly. Fine. You want a Merlin to, or you want Arthur to die? Rethink it. Do a flash forward and do it. Don't have him die. You might not be able to get the ending that you wanted if the show is not getting the number of seasons that you were expecting. That's so true. Don't just rush it and throw the very end that you were expecting on there. You have to do something different. Yeah. And so I feel like that was, that's where they failed. I, I know they didn't have the time that they expected, but they could have, they needed to change direction when they realized that's what was going to happen yeah i completely agree the fans deserved to see more have arthur find out sooner maybe even before that battle if you want him to die at whatever that battle was against the saxons and have mordred stab him and that be the end fine but then they could have like made him learn about merlin being a sorcerer sooner so we had more time to kind of watch them process that I 100% agree. Now I have to ask, do you have more feelings you want to share or do you want to move on to the next show? Uh, we can definitely move on. I, I still love Merlin. I will watch it again. I recommend it to anyone who's into kind of magic or, or those types of shows. It's fantastic and I love it, even though the end is makes me sad. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. So what I wanted to talk about was a show that, you know, and I'm, this show does not have a perfect ending and the last season has its problems and all of that, but I, I still overall like the ending and I wanted to talk about it because I think that because of what I, well, Buffy is what I'm going to talk about. And the reason I want to talk about it is I hear people talk about season five versus season seven. So season seven is where the series ends. Now, anybody who's not watched Buffy, um, in season five, it was done in such a way that it seems like it could have been the end of this, of the series. And they did it that way on purpose in case it was the end of the series. So it basically ends in season five's arc. It's just amazing. It's one of the best seasons of the show, hands down. I, I love that season and I love the way that it ended, but what happens is, the world, it's an apocalypse, as always, it's Buffy. There's always an apocalypse. <laughs> and Buffy's sister is, and if you're just started Buffy, and I'm saying Buffy's sister, you're already confused, and I understand that. <laughs> it, it is as confusing as it sounds. Buffy's sister, who is a mystical key, is used to open the portal between worlds and so the portal stays open and all these demons are going to come in and wreak havoc and it's going to be all terrible so once that happens that's you're stuck it's gonna the portal's open forever and everything's bad but what ends it is the blood flow stopping my first thought is put a band-aid on her but apparently it's a little <laughs> bit more than that you need it to fully what about a tourniquet with that? A tourniquet, <laughs> right? Just wrap a shirt around or something. I've seen it. I've seen things that could work, but no, not even stitches are going to do it. So you actually need the, by they mean the blood flow stopping, they mean like Dawn's heartbeat, like she needs to die. Buffy realizes that because she and Dawn share blood, and this is, there's a mystical reason behind it. It's a whole thing with involving some monks and a glowing orb and a goddess whatever Makes but sense. they share blood Buffy realizes that she herself can die and that will close close it so she kill, she sacrifices herself to save the world and she dies 
And the series ends with one of Buffy's absolute best speeches. She's Mm. talking to her sister Dawn and she says all kinds of lovely things to her and it's wonderful. You get to see everybody's reactions to her death and then it ends on a picture of her, on a a zoom in of her tombstone, Buffy Summers, her dates and all that. She saved the world, period, a lot, period. Great, absolutely wonderful, right? So good. So good. She gives just like, oh, takes my breath away. I love it so much. I know, I, know, I know you do, and I love it, too. Now, the end, that's not the end of the series. Obviously, they bring her back from the dead, okay? Season seven, so two seasons later, is the actual end of the series. This one ends with, the actual series ends with, there's an apocalypse, again, of course, <laughs> always. And there are all of these potential slayers, so other people who could potentially become the slayer. They're all have been throughout the season kind of, Buffy's been protecting them. They're living in her home. And now there's a big battle where the first evil is unleashing a whole army of uber vamps, um, Turrican, but they call them uber vamps, really powerful vampires, unleashing them out into the world. And they're going to, you know, kill everybody and take over the world. Hellmouth open, blah, blah, blah. There's no way for them, for one slayer, to to stop it there's just not and so what they do is they use this really cool weapon it's a scythe that has like a stake on the end of it so you can slice off the head and stab i love it and willow who's become this wonderful amazing uh witch what willow does is without the murder without the murder yeah without the murder she's kind of learned it murder murderless <laughs> so she uses her power to and the power of the scythe the original slayer power to imbue every girl in the world who could have the power of a slayer gets it and that scene enough is just so beautiful because what you see is another one of buffy's amazing speeches and um that's what you hear and then what you see are images of girls gaining that power so girls all around the world suddenly with slayer strength you see a young girl who stops her dad or stepdad or some some adult man trying to hit her stop stops it a girl hitting a baseball out of the park and it is strong and wonderful and beautiful and all those potentials that are with buffy are now as strong as a slayer and they start killing the uber vamps which is just they're just taking them out the uber vamps are still pretty strong and still coming at coming at them then spike has a magic necklace it shoots out beams of light and everyone kills all the uber vamps and then closes the hell mouth forever but not before buffy tells him tells her he loves him blah blah but what i like about this ending compared to season five is throughout the series we're told slayers fight, they die, a new slayer is called. Slayers fight, they die, new slayer is called over and over again. It's a cycle. And the new, the, the slayer that dies, dies young. They all die young. None of them live to be older. Buffy has lived with this realization that she will never stop fighting until she's dead. She has no other choice. There's no life for her. She's never going to get to have a career. She's never going to have, 
you know, children. She's never going to get to have any of that. So what happens in season seven is the whole narrative changes. Everything changes and there are options because there's a world of slayers out there and Buffy doesn't have to be the only one. So even though Seven has tons of problems, like why didn't Willow do the spell before they were down in the hell mouth with all the <laughs> Uber vamps? And why did they even need to be down there with the Uber vamps if Necklace was gonna kill them all along? Like they weren't even necessary to throw Spike down there. Whatever, all of those problems aside, just in everything else, the fact that the series ended in a way that changed what we believed would happen to Buffy made it great for me. If she had, if it had ended in season five, it would have ended like we were told every single Slayer his life has ended with his, which is young and dying in the line, line of duty. Instead, we get to see that Buffy, who is different than every other Slayer, has a different ending than every other Slayer because she is special and that is what we've learned in the series. So that is why I personally love the end of Buffy, even though I know that some fans do not. I think I completely agree with you. Season five, you're right, was great. And if that had been the end, I think I would have been okay with that. But as throughout the series, we see Buffy being different than other Slayers all the time. She defies the odds she changes things like she is always kind of different in in forging her own path so to see an ending where she does not have to follow the path of slayers dying young to save the world in a way where she now gets to have a life was incredibly powerful and i think most of the scooby gang survives also is that correct i that is correct. a long time we um Anya dies that's, and that's right. Xander lives unfortunately that so. is unfortunate see uh Xander being terrible in another episode we will discuss further but <laughs> yes <laughs> of course but overall yeah most of them live and even Faith is there to help fight at the end and then Principal Wood lives which I don't love Principal Wood but god I love D.B. Woodside he I love is. him it's just, just fantastic <laughs> That's, that's also a whole different, not just a different episode, maybe a different kind of podcast. <laughs> One that I don't feel comfortable talking about right now. My feelings I don't want to share to the world. <laughs> exactly <laughs> how strongly I feel about D.B. Woodside, but we can move on. But yeah, you're right. Oh, overall, they all, so we get that happy ending, even though some people don't make it. We get a happier ending than we probably could have expected with Buffy. Yeah, and we get, I mean, yes, Anya, and she was a lovely character, and I loved her, but she didn't come in until a little bit later. So we get that kind of core group surviving this, which is always nice to see in a show, because we've seen them go through so much. We want them to have a chance at a life. And um, in terms of Anya, I read that Emma Caulfield actually wanted her character to be killed off in the end. So it works out. And, you know, when she's killed off, it is sort of unceremonious. She's cut down pretty quickly and it's just sort of moved on. But one of the things that I actually like about that, I know some people don't like it because they feel like we should have had more, but none of the deaths we really had much more. I mean, we did with with Spike, but not a whole lot. But the, the, the reason it works with Anya is this has been 
they kind of go through this whole, we're going into a battle, battle, war, battle. Like that's the kind of language that's used throughout this final season. So it makes sense that in a final battle, someone's going to die and it's not going to be some majestic moment. And so it feels right somehow. Um, not fully right that Xander lives and she doesn't because of my feelings about Xander and my feelings about Anya. But at the same time, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm okay with her dying and I'm okay with the way it was done. I just, I think that overall, the final episode did a great job and we get some really beautiful moments, particularly, particularly whenever we're realizing that not only is Buffy giving these powers to these girls who didn't have it and making them stronger, but it's not Buffy doing it, it's actually Willow. And what's significant about that is you find out that a Slayer's power comes from a group of men who took a girl and imbued her with the spirit of a demon to give her the strength to fight other, <clears throat> to fight vampires and to fight demons. And it was thrust upon her and she didn't choose it she didn't want it and it goes from slayer to slayer to slayer and that's how it started so it's men forcing this upon women on a upon a woman and all women down the line and it ends with a woman taking that same power and giving it to everyone because they're very clear that willow is stronger than all of those men put together and then some she is strong enough to do what they couldn't and to take what was this curse that these men were putting on, on girls and instead making it something that is actually kind of a blessing and, and is beneficial. And so to have them flip that around was also just really powerful. Yeah, and I think that sends a much larger message. I mean, we see this in this context of this world with kind of magic and demons and evil and, and good versus evil. But if you look at it and just in the terms of everyday life, we it's about empowering women and empowering young girls to be strong and not be afraid and i think that's a that's an incredibly and you see that all through the series of buffy which is about a powerful girl who's kind of forging her own path and saying suck it to all the old white guys in her life who are trying to control her and i think that, that yeah great i, I yeah i a hundred hundred percent i Overall, I'm, I was very satisfied with that ending. Um, you know, and of course, anybody that's read the comics knows that Buffy doesn't calm down and retire. She becomes like a slayer general or some stuff, and it's intense and fun. But, you know, that's fun just because you want it to continue to live, to live on and you get to enjoy the fighting. Although I would have definitely read comics about just like a retired Buffy <laughs> just enjoying her life. I would have happily read those comics, Buffy going out and getting the paper, Buffy wearing slippers all day, just choosing a day where she's only wearing slippers, just watching TV. I mean, that sounds great. I would read that, but whatever. That's not what they did. It's fine. But she has options, and that's the big thing is her options were taken away from her, and she took them back, and get and she has them now. So, um, you know, I, I think that you got you've got kind of two shows that we've talked about, we talked about Merlin, which really was had a fairly consistent in terms of the seasons, season to season, they're all pretty, pretty dang awesome. And then the very last episode, not all that great. Buffy is a little bit hit and miss. I feel like they, the two of them, you can kind of see that, that contrast there where you've got Buffy with this 
great final episode, not a great final season. And Merlin kind of just see the season was fine. It was great. It was interesting. It was, actually. Yeah. Season five is one of my favorites, but the final episode is what, is what gets you. So that series endings, I mean, you have to like look at not just how far you've made it, but that final episode, you ha- has to make sense in the context of the show and it has to give people that finality and that, that sense of satisfaction that they feel like they can move on or, you know, rewatch it, which, you know, we would do, but normal people can move on and not watch it seven or eight times. So. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I feel like I, I can understand maybe from a writer's point of view that you feel like you have a story that you're trying to tell and you have a vision for its ending, but I do think you have to think about your fans a little bit and what they might like to see because they are the reason your show has existed for as long as it does. I think good shows find a way to kind of marry those two thoughts. What is the story you want to tell and what is an ending that will be make sense and be pleasing to your fans because you kind of need a mixture of both of those things. Yeah, I agree. All right. So really quick before we wrap up, Libby, I have a question for you. Are you prepared? Yes. Okay. It's kind of a two-part question. First part, if you could choose to be any magical creature what would you be and b would you be good or evil okay oh that's a good one okay any kind of magical creature being whatever you want you could be, be a human with magic that's fine too okay well i want to be a human i just feel like it gets complicated when you are a non-human um if you're sentient being of some kind with magical abilities there's going to be some kind of backlash against you people are gonna kind of push back it would also be really hard to just exist in the world as like a centaur and you're probably gonna fall in love with a human and you're probably immortal and it's gonna get complicated it is gonna get complicated so straight up person with magic and I'm going to say good because you and I both said we want a happy ending. And if we want a happy ending, the bad guy is probably going to die. And I don't want that to be me. <laughs> I want to survive. So the bad guys would just be like, you know what, good guy, I'm going to kill you and do that instead of forming some very elaborate plan with like 12 different pawns and moving pieces Maybe it it would end well for the bad guys, but they're just really bad at being bad. Can I be evil and then get reformed? Because Ooh. I love a good redemption arc, as you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. So um, I'm evil then, but I am uh, malleable. So I just need a group of unlikely misfits who are good and have good intentions to accept me for who I am thereby allowing me to accept myself and feel the love I've never felt which changes my perspective and now I'm good again or good from the first time yeah that was a much better answer than I was even expecting so good job well that's insane because you asked me you should have expected an amazing answer (laughs) all right well join us next week when we talk about other things probably related to television. Thank you for listening to WFL TV. If you enjoy listening to us talk about television, subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, want to suggest a TV show, 
You can email us at wfltv.podcast at gmail.com. Thanks.